Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. In these times, we go through a liturgy of prayer and confession, scripture and song, and we have a brief discussion on, in this season, our commitments. This evening, we'll be talking about our fourth commitment, which is hospitality. Talk about the ways in which that commitment has shaped us as a community and the ways in which it calls us to live into a deeper expression of the life of Christ among us as a community and through us as people. So we hope this time draws you into the beauty of Christ and that you would experience the peace, grace, the kindness of our God as we pray together. Silence. May we open ourselves to God's presence, God's love, God's peace, and God's grace. Gratitude. Let us be aware of all that God is to us and be thankful for this life and all that it holds. Review. Let us honestly assess who we have been this week and who we would hope to be. Forgiveness. May we seek forgiveness in the ways in which we have erred, been unaware and uninvolved in the work of beauty and restoration in our world. Renewal. Let us look towards the future, along with the Spirit, to where God may be directing us. It may be a concrete action, but it also may be becoming more aware of God, changing the rhythms of our life, or walking away from certain behaviors and beliefs.
the perfect love of God. Oh, yours is the power, a mighty wind of God. My helper, my healer, the perfect love of God. No, yours is the power, a mighty wind of God. My Let us pray together. Eternal God, in whose perfect realm no sword is drawn but the sword of righteousness, and no strength known but the strength of love, to guide and inspire the work of those who seek your kingdom, that all your people may find their security in that love which casts out fear, and in the fellowship revealed to us in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. We pray to the Lord. In faith we pray. We, we pray, pray to you, our God. That the rest of this day may be holy, peaceful, and full of your presence. In faith we pray. We, we pray, pray to you, our God. That the work we have done and the people we have met today may bring us closer to you. In faith, we pray. We pray to you, our God. That we may hear and respond to your call to peace and justice. In faith, we pray. We, we pray, pray to, to you, our God. That you will sustain the faith and hope of those who are lonely, oppressed, and anxious. In faith, we pray. We pray to you, our God that you will strengthen us in your service and fill our hearts with longing for your kingdom. In faith we pray. We pray, we pray to you, our God. Bloom, let us confess together. Lord God, our maker and our redeemer, this is your world and we are your people. Come among us and save us. We have willfully misused your gifts of creation. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. We have seen the ill treatment of others and have not gone to their aid. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. We have condoned evil and dishonesty and failed to strive for justice. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. We have heard the good news of Christ, 
but have failed to share it with others. Lord, be merciful. Forgive Forgive us our sin. We have not loved you with all our heart, nor our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, be merciful. Forgive Forgive us our sin. Almighty God, who in Jesus Christ has given us a kingdom that cannot be destroyed, forgive us our sin, open our eyes to God's truth, strengthen us to do God's will, and give us the joy of his kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hear a reading from Psalm 70. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those who seek my life be ashamed and altogether dismayed. Let those who take pleasure in my misfortune draw back and be disgraced. Let those who say to me, Aha, and gloat over me turn back because they are ashamed. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say forever, Great is the Lord. But as for me, I am poor and needy. Come to me speedily, O God. You are my helper and my deliverer. O Lord, do not tarry. Glory to the Father, and to the the Son, and to the the Holy Spirit, as as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Here a reading from Peter's first letter to the church, chapter 4. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Of all the commitments that we hold here in our community, I think that hospitality has the potential to be the most transforming and the one that we, if we allow ourselves, get to participate most fully in the work of Christ on the earth, which I know that's a kind of a big grand statement, but um, I say that because what has spurred us to live into a more beautiful manifestation of this commitment at Bloom is that we've intentionally opened up our understanding of hospitality. When I first heard that word applied to the life of Christ and the life of Christians, it kind of didn't fit for me because um, at that time of my life, I uh, didn't really live in a place that I felt could be very hospitable. Um, compared to like my family, my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents, my friends. I mean, the places I lived in my early walk with Christ uh, before I was married, they were fun. We had a ton of people shoved into a house. And I guess it was hospitable in one aspect for like a certain type of person that we were. But I mean, we didn't have China. We didn't have uh, like tablecloths and all this stuff that you would think about. I'm going to invite people into my house. And make them feel special. I mean, we had fire pits and we had whiskey and we had a stereo. So when people talked about having the gift of hospitality, I most certainly didn't consider myself one of those people. But as the years went by, after conversation after conversation in our house and around the fire, 
trying to cook meals for 20 to 30 folks, all of our friends gathered around the table, I started to see that hospitality really has more to do with intentionality, giving people a space to be themselves, to be heard, to be valued, and together to enjoy the moment that you're in. At Bloom, when I talk about hospitality, what I've said is that hospitality is the intentional ordering of our tangible space and hopes that the eternal would break through for the sake of others. Hospitality in a way is so much bigger than inviting someone over to our house. Mm -hmm. Hospitality is having an awareness and a wanting to participate with the work of Christ in this tangible world. That this space that we're in, wherever it may be, and it may be in our cars, it may be on our walk that we take into the office, it may be at the park that we visit with our kids, it may be a neighbor's house, and it may in fact be our own place, but that those spaces become platforms and stages and vessels for the reality of the eternal to be held, for the work of Christ to be made manifest among us and through us, for the sake of others. And so we've tried to find a verse for several years here at Bloom to put into our little commitments booklet that, that captures the essence of hospitality. And the thing is that there is no one verse that captures it in its totality because you see it all throughout the history of the people of God. You see it all throughout the life of Jesus on the earth, and you see it all throughout the experience of the church. And you see it today. You see that people continually use what they have. They offer what they have. They order what they have, their time, their possessions, their spaces, their energy in this tangible realm in hopes that the reality of the eternal would be made manifest among us. And so I'd like to just take a moment to, instead of trying to find that one magic, all-encompassing hospitality verse, why don't we just take a moment around this table to talk about the times that we've seen hospitality lived out, either in the history of the people of God, in the, in the life of Jesus, or the experience of the church, or in our own experiences. I just think Jesus's interaction with every human that I can think of in my head was about him really seeing them. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is the very heart of hospitality. That's the very heart of being known and seen and heard. And that's what Jesus models over and over again. And just because it's not like what we often think of hospitality is like a party or a dinner. I think yeah. it's often played out there, but it mm -hmm. was every interaction he had with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the thread that ran through almost every interaction, which started with an invitation. Yes. A place mm -hmm. that he had prepared. I mean, most of the time it wasn't his place. I mean, it was, never was. Right. But he still, it was, whether it was in a home or the temple or on a road, he was always creating that space in this tangible world in which we live and move and breathe, mm -hmm. that people would be welcomed and heard and valued. You know, hospitality kind of sets the stage for everything else that is Christ to be unfolded before us. And I think about the, the nature in which those things happened and, and the character which he did them in, 
in that it was a seeing, there was a knowing, um, and it just, it wasn't rushed. Yeah. He always had had the time and was intentional mm-hmm. in what he was doing, very present to the moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a side note. It wasn't a brushing by. It wasn't a, a quick take care of this so I could move on. But he just kind of lasers in and mm-hmm. is forehead to forehead with whoever he's interacting with and is present. Mm-hmm. And that person then feels seen and known and and experiences something that is otherworldly. Totally. I think about Zacchaeus and talk about tangible spaces. He, he invites himself over to this guy's house, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So he's making the space to do it, even if it's, you know, it's someone else's inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you just, you think about the life change that happened in that moment and then the lives that changed because of that moment, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that was hospitality multiplying mm-hmm. you know? yeah when you talk about the eternal breaking through i mean that really happened in that mm-hmm. story yeah mm-hmm. that and that created like a social revolution really right because there was hundreds of people that were given back what was taken mm-hmm. from that one encounter with with jesus right hmm. yeah it was just um on you know instagram guys it's not a big deal i'm on instagram <laughs> but i was <laughs> I follow black liturgies and I almost feel like pulling it out and reading it. It was so good, but it was just about how we follow a God who sees. And so it it was talking about the woman with the flow of blood and that he didn't call her out to embarrass her, but he called her out so that she would be seen and so he could hear her story. And I feel like that's even hospitality. Mm -hmm. Like that's even this place where Jesus kind of blows up this big space for her to be absolutely where she's at seen, heard. Um, so I really loved that. I think about that, uh, man that was lowered down into someone else's house again and was healed mm-hmm. that there was this gathering around Jesus and there, he was teaching in a home and someone or several folks cared enough about this man who was on the outside, who desperately needed to be healed, who probably wasn't known, who was probably passed by for most of his existence. And all of a sudden, they're t- taking the roof off this this house and lowering him in to be in the feet of, of Jesus, where he is healed and he's forgiven. And that, to me, is such a powerful example of that intentional mm-hmm. ordering of space that the eternal would break through for the sake of others. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think something I'm being convicted of at this very moment is, Taryn, when you were talking about how present Jesus was, it's like, oh man, he was never, I don't, I don't know the adjective, ruffled or frustrated or in a hurry. I mean, even the woman with the flow of blood, like he was on his way somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it was like, he was so aware of what people needed that I'm feeling a little convicted that like, maybe the answer to hospitality is really simple. And it's just like, stopping and locking eyes with someone and maybe giving up whatever maybe was supposed to happen next. Mm. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) I I tend to be kind of a forward, fast moving person. And so I think this is really convicting, but yeah, every single case, even, I mean, the roof was just torn off. 
Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, oh, yeah, well, you're forgiven. You know, you're, I mean, he says you're forgiven, but you know, that's that whole thing. But it's just doesn't, nothing ruffles him. He's just like, oh, yeah, this guy just came through and yeah, I'll heal him and I'll see him, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm very convicted by that. <laughs> yeah, he was more concerned about the value of the ones for whom this space was reordered mm-hmm. than he was the space itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes we distort hospitality and we're more concerned about the tangible space, the things, mm-hmm. the the presentation. Yeah. The to-do list, the schedule, mm-hmm. the event. So we get so wrapped up in the things that we're ordering mm-hmm. that the eternal, we miss it. Mm-hmm. We miss the person in front of us. We miss mm-hmm. what Christ is doing. When I was in the Episcopal church, I was at a retreat I happened to be sitting next to the bishop, and he took this time to, uh, <laughs> to rebuke me in front of the table. But he said, you know, we spoke of my frustration with distractions and with, you know, people and tasks that seem like they're not leading to anywhere in ministry. And he said, the ministry of Jesus was a ministry of distraction. Mm-hmm. Every person, almost every person that he healed and listened to and touched and, and restored was in fact a distraction, was a diversion when he was going somewhere else. You know, it really made an impression on me that if if we define ministry, if we define serving God by efficiency and getting done what we set out to do and ignore the distractions on the way, we're probably ignoring the ministry of Christ and Christ himself revealed in people. And hospitality has this way of calling us to set tables and to great space in the distraction with person after person after person. I think about my wife when we were dating. She was always late because she was working downtown at the time, and she would just bump into someone uh, that was hungry. And she's like, oh, I just went you know, to get pizza with Jeff. I was like, well, who's Jeff? Oh, it's this guy. He was, I met him. He was hungry, and I heard his story and got to pray with him. And I was like, okay, but we had to, like, we were trying to go somewhere. <laughs> but it was just something that was a constant reminder in, in our relationship of hospitality is about making that space for people to be heard, to be healed, to encounter Christ. And there's something so supernatural and mysterious that happens when we simply just offer up what we can. And it can be. 15 minutes on our way to work that we're offering up. It can be a Taco Bell burrito on 16th Street. It can be really anything. God uses that. So it's just this way of expanding our our conception of what hospitality is. Taryn, um, we were talking before you really centered in on the word intentional. Mm -hmm. I was was wondering what was happening. In that moment when you said we have to say intentional ordering of our space. The, yeah, the timing of, of this conversation is interesting. My husband and I were just having this conversation about the different experiences of going into a home where somebody maybe would be labeled as very hospitable for mm-hmm. all of the reasons that you've talked about. I know for myself, going into an evening of being with people, there's always an anticipation. Being an extrovert, highly relational, Mm -hmm. I anticipate deep connection. Yeah. 
And, um, and so, and I, whether I'm even thinking about it or not, it just, it's always there. And sometimes I have to try to (laughs) rein that in (laughs) because I think so often there is a lack of intentionality, whether we realize it or not. And we think just putting out an invite and having people come into our space is going to provide for a great evening. And we have left evenings kind of looking at each other like, what just happened? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like we had all the pieces there, but left feeling not super connected, feeling a little bit empty, feeling like, okay, that was all right. And in other times, like what you're talking about, it may not be such a planned event or it may just kind of on the spur of the moment be a, a, the type of thing where it's like, let's grab a bite to eat or yeah. somebody, you know, just welcomes us in at the last minute or whatever. But if that intentionality, that presentness to that moment is there and somebody has just enough wherewithal to ask a thoughtful question mm. and creates a space and sits down. There's this whole, that word intentionality for me just reflects a whole approach to the table or to, to the conversation. That is, I have time for you and I want to hear from you. And that's sincere. And you're the only thing that's on my mind right now is your answer to this question. I want to be present to what this conversation is going to bring about. And that can happen, like you're saying, on a corner. Yeah. <laughs> Standing yeah. outside a door, you know, of a house. It doesn't have to be the whole mm-hmm. thing to be transformative. Yeah. To experience God through someone, to feel seen and heard and known and cared for. I'm just convinced that hospitality and intentionality have to go hand in hand. Otherwise, it's, it doesn't feel like hospitality. Yeah. yeah. It falls short. It leaves you yeah. wanting. I love that. Because that's really what we all want, mm-hmm. is to be known. Yes. To be like, just for a moment. Yeah. For something to be ordered in our little world by someone else that we would encounter all that Christ is, which is kindness and presence, compassion, forgiveness. Exactly. In my other life, I'm a therapist, and um, this has been something I've really had to hold on to in my more like uh, ornery moments, because after every client leaves, we have to like totally disinfect the, the room and mm-hmm. and go out to the car and get the next client and walk them in and because of COVID, it's not, you know, that's why, but, um, yeah, I can get just kind of not in a great mood about that. And I have to like stop and be like, no, 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 this might be that place in someone's life, mm-hmm. the place mm-hmm. perhaps that is safe. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think what's so beautiful about this commitment is that it is for others, but we get caught up in that. We get caught up in the kindness and the provision and the presence of Christ. And it, it's, life-giving yeah Yeah. to be a part of christ moving in someone's life Mm -hmm. so i think like we all know people who don't give good gifts 
And I think it's because we don't know how to listen to other people. And so often we will give gifts of things we want. Mm. Um, so I've noticed that with hospitality as well. It's like people will, in, will invite people over and will present them with, with what we would want to have been presented with versus mm. really knowing our friends and understanding what their loves are. Um, and so I've always equated it to gift giving. Like people who struggle with gift giving, um, I think it's a simple act of like, being present in your friend's life and listening because they're giving hints all the time of the gifts that they want. Mm. And I think it's the same with having people over, you know, um, it was in a leadership meeting. It was the first time all of us were meeting. I was brand new on staff and the icebreaker was what's your favorite snack? Everybody listed it off and we all kind of thought, well, that's kind of a dumb icebreaker, but whatever. One of the other people snuck out, bought everybody, the exact snack they wanted came back and it changed the whole atmosphere. Hmm. Everybody was sitting with something that brought them comfort that they loved and everybody just relaxed. And we were able to have like a really good first conversation, even though we were meeting for the first time. And that's just asking what someone's favorite snack is. Mm -hmm. So I, I know I'm trivializing, um, hospitality with just food and gifts, but I just think that there's this element that we keep talking about with Jesus where he stopped mm -hmm. and he said, tell me about yourself, mm -hmm. tell me who you are. And I will respond to that. That I think is really beautiful when, when that's played out. Well, you're bringing it down to the practical in a way that mm -hmm. we can grasp. Mm -hmm which really is what Jesus did. I mean, of all the things that he was able to do and could have done at the wedding in Cana, mm -hmm. he turned water into wine because it was what was needed. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that his first miracle had to do with food and drink, mm -hmm. you know? Like, yeah. that, that should tell you how important like, that value is to mm -hmm. the Christian life. Mm -hmm. His first... Miracle wasn't to heal somebody or bring someone up from the dead. It was to turn water into wine. Yeah. And like just to, to make the party better, basically. I'm here for that, Jesus. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's important. It's an important thing that, that is often neglected when, you know, thinking about living in community or, I mean, it's just, it's something you, some people either have it or they really don't and have to work for it. I and mean, it's a commitment for sure. Mm -hmm. Like we have to actually sit down and think about with intentionality how can we make the people that we are around feel known and seen and cared for. Yeah. And it does bring life. I mean, there should be life when the church is gathered because the source of all life is among us and, and lives in us. And I think about Carol's and Ale, mm -hmm. like to me is kind of our pinnacle hospitality moment at Bloom, but you know, as you know, it's the time that we come and we we, we sing carols and people have bring ale. cookies <laughs> and we have all this Breckenridge Brewery Christmas sale and people have their fill. And um, what's so great about that event that night as we are just packed in our space is that there's a sense that every single person is wanted and is a part of this thing and there's conversation and people are valued. And I think we love it not because of the beer and the carols. We love it because it's that I mean. picture of, <laughs> yeah, it's it that helps. picture <laughs> of what life really is at the core. Mm -hmm. 
that everyone has a place, everyone is listened to, everyone's drawn into the life of Christ. And that drawing in and that setting up is hospitality. It's very deeply, I, be, I believe, I love that it's one of our commitments. I love that it's a commitment that we're talking about so closely to shared life because yeah. I see the two being very deeply connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That intentional hospitality is one of the biggest keys to leading to shared life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is often the piece that can also prevent us, those of us who are frustrated or, or not maybe experiencing a deep level of shared life. I mean, in this time too, it, shared life felt a little funny to talk about in the middle of COVID and quarantining and all that. And hospitality does. Mm-hmm. But hospitality, you know, if, if we listen, if we're community, that continues to listen to the Spirit in these times and is open to the beauty that Christ wants to make manifest through our lives, then it could be that these new ways of hospitality, these new ways of following the Spirit, of ordering the tangible world so that the eternal can break through, that that would be what creates a totally new expression of shared life. Mm -hmm. That it's through new expressions of hospitality Mm -hmm. in this time. And I think that's our invitation in this time, in this community, is to, is to come again before Christ and say, inspire me and live through me that I would create hospitable spaces right. that would lead to people being drawn into something that is so much deeper and more wondrous and more freeing mm-hmm. than anything that's being offered right now, either by our culture or by the circumstances in which we find ourselves, that we'd see a new inspired expression of hospitality that leads to a new inspired expression of shared life. So as we listen as a community, what are those expressions of hospitality that Christ is wanting to create through us? And for who, when we listen to the Spirit for both, for who and how? What are you wanting to do? What do you want? What are you wanting to set up for this person? Where is this divine hospitality that you're wanting to do? How can I enter into that? How can I engage into that? And in that, we can allow Christ to remind us that in the kingdom, hospitality is open to every single person. Mm-hmm. There is no dynamic that Christ ever sets up in which anyone is excluded for any reason. So as ones who follow Christ, as ones who are inspired by Christ, who are the incarnation of Christ on the earth, our hospitality, our divine expression of welcome and provision and presence is open to every person, to all. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about the church, is that the true church is hospitable to the world in ways that you can't find anywhere else. So let us follow in the same spirit as those who have gone before us in the church and create space for the eternal to break into the lives of others through hospitality. Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Bloom, gathering our prayers and praises into one. 
Let us pray as Christ our Savior has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.